please remember that nothing we say here should be taken as personal advice. This conversation is for education purposes only. If you have questions about your financial situation, please talk to a licensed financial advisor. We are not tax professionals either, and none of the information presented here should be taken as tax advice. Welcome to the next episode of the LGBT Angle. I'm your host and financial planner, Robert Castillo with Kerber Kawasaki Wealth and Investment Management. On our last episode, I talked about why I created the GK LGBT group at Kerber Kawasaki. Today, I'll be digging a little deeper into some of the ways we provide specific financial planning for the LGBT community. You might be wondering how financial planning differs for LGBT people versus the general population. Well, for the most part, it's actually the same. If you're a single person just planning for yourself. But when you start to think about settling down with someone, maybe buying a house with them, starting a family, planning can get a lot more complicated. Now, financial planning is a comprehensive process. It includes retirement planning, taxes, insurance, estate planning. But today, I want to focus on taxes because it's so connected with every other area. And I specifically want to focus on taxes for same-sex couples considering marriage. When same-sex marriage became legal in 2015, it opened the door to over 1,100 federal benefits for LGBT couples. As you can imagine, that completely changed how to approach financial planning for same-sex couples. In helping our LGBT clients, we found that the biggest changes were related to taxes, including income, capital gains, gift, estate, and inheritance tax. When it comes to income taxes, most people are aware that married couples who file joint get twice the amount in standard deduction than single individuals. 25,100 for married couples in 2021, 12,550 for single individuals. Now, this is irrelevant if both partners earn similar incomes and are taking the standard deduction instead of itemizing their deductions. But if there's a huge difference in income, or if both partners are high income earners, then it's important to consider the marriage tax bonus and penalty. Combining incomes could mean getting pushed into a lower or higher tax bracket. According to the Tax Foundation, the marriage tax bonus could be as high as 21% of total income, and the penalty could be as high as 12% of total income. So you could either be paying a lot more in taxes or be getting a lot back. With estate taxes, most people won't pay them, but they can be as high as 40% of a decedent's estate. Estate taxes kick in at $11.7 million for individuals and twice that amount for married couples. Now, estate taxes are paid by those who pass away, obviously, but inheritance taxes are paid by those who inherit unless they are a spouse or a child. Inheritance taxes, by the way, are not on the federal level. They're specific to only a handful of states. Another area is gift taxes. Um, there is also a spousal exemption with that, meaning spouses can gift any amount of cash to each other without being subject to gift taxes. For anyone else, you're limited to $15,000 a year. And then there's also capital gains taxes. Now, the biggest benefit for married couples is that you have a higher threshold to stay under in order to pay nothing in long-term capital gains taxes. So if you're married and have taxable income of up to 80800 you pay nothing in long-term capital gains taxes. That means if you buy a share of Apple now, you sell it in over a year from today, any gain that you have is not taxable as long as your taxable income is 80800 or less. If you're not married or if you're married filing separate, then you are limited to 40400 in taxable income. So it's a, a lot less, obviously. And there's also your primary residence. 
Most people know that if you're married and sell your home, you can get away with paying nothing on capital gains taxes of up to $500,000. But if you're not married or if you're married filing separately, that amount gets cut in half to $250,000. So whether they are married or not, same-sex couples, like all couples, should be open to talking about their finances with each other and working with a financial planner to achieve their goals. The good news is that there are financial planning firms like Gerber Kawasaki that have created divisions focused entirely on helping the LGBT community get ahead. So please don't hesitate to email me with any questions at robert at gerberkawasaki.com. Once again, thank you for joining me on today's podcast of the LGBT Angle. Please join me next time as I go into financial planning for couples who are registered as domestic partners. I'm Robert Castillo, your host and financial planner. See you next time.